morning. Welcome to Cornerstone Baptist Church. We are glad you are here this morning and excited to worship together. It's kind of a dreary, cold day outside, but uh, that's all right. Uh, as the old pre preacher said, the sun's shining in here. Uh, all right, I'll try it again. Uh, it's a cold, dreary day out there, but as the old preacher said, the sun is shining in here. It's going to be a great day for worship this morning. I knew when I heard that as a child that I would one day use it. I just didn't know you would react quite as well as you did. Um, uh, lots of announcements in the bulletin. I'll let you take the time to go through all of those things. Uh, lots of things going on here in the life of the church we want you to be a part of. A couple of announcements that I do need to highlight. First of all, we've got several men's activities that are getting ready to happen over the next couple of weeks and uh, over the next month, and we want you to mark your calendars and be a part of those things. The first one is coming up on October the 26th. October the 26th, we will put out uh, next week a postcard with the directions and so on and so forth, but we're going to be having a men and boys bonfire, uh, uh, shoot fest, whatever you want to call it, all right? We're going to we're gonna gather at the uh, Austin's home uh, like we did last year around four o'clock in the afternoon, and we'll uh, go out and shoot some clay pigeons and things like that, as well as just hang out together, have some fun. Maybe there'll be some, some fish. I'm not really sure what the plans are there with that, but we'll have a bonfire and enjoy each other's company, and that will be on October the 26th for men and boys beginning at four o'clock in the afternoon. Uh, also, coming up in November, November the 16th. 16th and 17th. Men, I want you to mark your calendars. We're going to have a men's, uh, men and boys weekend here at the church. And uh, November the 16th, that Friday night, we will begin uh, with our services here at 7 p.m. And at 7 o'clock, we're going to have the Jason Lovins Band here leading us in some worship. And uh, we're going to have Dr. John Noble come and preach, uh, speak to us. And then we will carry over to Saturday, uh, November the 17th. And we'll begin with a light breakfast at 9 a.m., followed uh, with a testimony and then Jason Lovins Band will be here with us again and Dr. Noble will be with us here and he'll deliver a powerful word and we'll be done about noon on that Saturday. So I know that is the second weekend of uh, rifle season. So here's what I'm praying. I'm praying that all of you get your deer the first weekend, all right? Uh, uh, we're just gonna pray that all of the big bucks of Pettis County walk in front of our people and our people alone the very first weekend, all right? Uh, so that we can get that over with and... Uh, and if not, then uh, I'm just going to pray that you still will make it. We've tried to set those times at, at, times at which uh, you can come and be a part of it. Even if you can't come and be a part of it both days, uh, uh, one, uh, one of those days would be great. You'll, you'll get a lot from it, and we want you to come and be a part of it. Jason Lovins Band will stay with us all weekend long, as well as Dr. Noble. He'll be with us that Sunday, and you'll enjoy hearing from him. For those of you who may not remember, he was with us in the park a couple of years ago, and uh, looking forward to having him back with us again on that particular weekend. So again, mark your calendars, men and boys, uh, November 16th and 17th, and you will be getting more information about that upcoming. Uh, uh, if you're a guest among us for the first time, we're glad you're here with us this morning. Excited that you're worshiping with us. We've got several things that are available to you this morning. We've got a, a, a room over here in the back of our sanctuary. If you have a little one that you need to go back in there with during our services, uh, where you can continue to look in and hear our services, 
Uh, that room is available. We have nursery for zero to five, year, uh, five years old. If you'll go out these doors and to the left over here, you'll find that. And then we have uh, child care for kindergarten up to fifth grade, I believe it is, or third grade, uh, whichever. Just take them down there. We'll figure it out. Uh, if you go all the way down the hallway uh, into the other building, uh, you'll find them in the gymnasium. And uh, we'd be glad to meet your needs to the best of our ability, all right? And uh, hopefully you received a welcome bag on the way in the door this morning if this is your first time with us. Inside that welcome bag, you're going to find a small token of our appreciation as well as lots of information about our church and the things that are going on here. And uh, we want you to be a part of those. But you'll also find a visitor's card. If you'd do us a favor and just take a few moments, fill out that visitor's card, drop it in the offering bag when that's passed around so that we could have record you were here with us. We would very much appreciate it. One announcement I just remembered uh, that I forgot. Uh, those of you who are interested or planning on going to India, uh, we are a little bit behind on our schedule, but planning on going to India with us in December uh, of this year, uh, we are having a meeting at 6 p.m. on Wednesday nights. Meeting at 6 p.m. on Wednesday night. And if you are unable to go, but you are planning on going to India, you need to get with me between now and then so that we can get all the information into your hands and get, uh, and get plugging along with that. Again, that meeting will be this Wednesday night at 6 p.m. We want you to come and be a part of it. Let's, uh, let's open up our services with a word of prayer this morning. Father, thank you so much for the day and opportunity that you've given to us to come together in your house, to study your word, to sing songs of praise and worship and adoration. Father, we're so thankful that today you've given us this day as a day where we may remember that our Savior has conquered death, hell, and the grave on our behalf, that today we have new life because of the work of Christ on our behalf, and that today we come together on Sunday, the Lord's Day, as a celebration that He has conquered the grave, that He has risen, interceding on our behalf forevermore, that one day we look forward to His return when He will split the skies and all things will be reconciled unto Himself and every, every tribe and nation and tongue and people will be gathered together in that moment and we will bow down and worship You. And those of us who have had our robes washed white in the, in the blood of the Lamb, so to speak, those of us who have expressed faith in Christ, we would all in unison sing the song of the redeemed, one language, as all the peoples of the earth are reconciled unto you in that moment. We look forward to that day. We look forward to the hour that you've given to us this morning to worship you in spirit and in truth. This moment that you've given to us to be encouraged and strengthened, to be shown your truth to be spoken to as we enter into a time, a season of 40 days of saying yes, Father. Would we be a people who put our yes on the table for whatever it is, wherever you want us to go, whenever you want us to go. Father, that we would be a people who would be willing to, to do whatever it takes to see your kingdom expanded, to honor you with our very lives, our very existence. Father, would you bless these dear people in this place? Would you bless them for their faithfulness? Would you use this hour for their maturation, for our maturation together? And will we strengthen one another, encourage one another under greater good works? Father, we love you. We're thankful again, most of all, for your son Jesus and his work on our behalf. In his precious name we pray. 
Amen. Let's stand together. Do me a favor as we sing this next song. Greet somebody who's next to you. Tell them how good looking they are and how excited you are to worship with them. We should remember them. We don't often do that very well, do we? Sometimes we forget about those folks. And uh, this church has got lots of connections. Uh, one of our connections that's most uh, fun, uh, most closest to us, most intimate to us, is this morning we have a missionary in Japan, in Miss Jordan Eves, and we ought to be praying for her and giving regularly to to help her and, uh, and the work of the gospel there. And, and so we want to remember her this morning, but I also want to introduce you to somebody. And what I'm going to ask you to do before we bring this up on the screen is we need to kill the video feed back in the back. Uh, and if you would do me a favor and just put your cell phone down on the, on, the, uh, on the pew next to you so that it doesn't inadvertently take a picture, because I want to introduce you to somebody uh, this morning that you wouldn't know by name. And I'm not because folks found out what was going on and they went down and they killed them and our founding pastor in the area, Pastor Farouk, was killed in that execution. And out of that, we have a pastor that's still there who still every Sunday morning meets with folks and, and is drawing them and we call him uh, Pastor K. And uh, in front of you this morning is a photo of one of his young leaders. And uh, we're going to call him A for this morning, uh, just uh, for our purposes. And it's important that we don't take any photos or anything like that uh, by inadvertently. But he, he is one of Pastor K's uh, uh, faithful young leaders in his church. And, if, and on Wednesday, we received an email, our leadership did with Uttermost International, uh, of some troubling events that transpired this week in Pastor A's life. And that is that a few days ago, I believe it was on Monday, while he was reading his Bible in the morning uh, with his son, his doorbell rang. And he went to the door to see who it was, and unbeknownst to him, his five-year-old son, who's pictured with him here, uh, came up still carrying the Bible in his hand. And the visitor, being one of the neighbors, saw the Bible and immediately got enraged at what he was looking at. And he called Pastor A a kafir or an infidel, and he accused him of only living in the neighborhood with the purpose of converting everyone there. Well, what happened next was the entire neighborhood being enraged, gathered at the family's home, uh, and they put kerosene and gasoline all over the house and all over their belongings, and they began to consume them in flames. They poured oil all over Pastor A and his wife and their children and would have killed them if it were not for a couple of older men in the neighborhood who intervened to save their lives. So we need to be praying for these folks as well as all those who are persecuted. We need to be praying for this pastor specifically, his family, their three children who are three, five, and eight. Uh, and we need to be praying for their safety and their strength in this time as we're not even certain this morning as to where they are at other than we know that they survived the initial onslaught. So during this time of offering, what I'd like to do this morning as our men make their way forward is I'd like to pray specifically for Pastor A and his family as well as uh, all of those who we know who are serving across the globe for the gospel this morning and, and follow the instruction of Hebrews 13 and remember those who are persecuted simply because they are spreading the good news of Jesus Christ. Father, thank you for the day. But we understand that not everyone experiences the day, this day, like we experience it. We are fortunate enough to live in a country where we have freedom of expression, where we are free to uh, express our religion, our faith system. We're, to, we're, we're given the expressed freedom to be able to uh, worship according to the convictions of our hearts and minds. But across the globe, it is not so for everybody. There are those today who face immense persecution, including Pastor A and his family, 
we don't even know their whereabouts, who express uh, who experience uh, safety of life and limb on a regular basis, all because and only because they simply want to tell others about what they've experienced in Christ Jesus. This morning, we pray for Pastor A and his family. We pray for Miss Jordan. Pray for all of our missionaries who are across the globe. We recognize that the world itself is in chaos, that there's turmoil and danger around every corner. And we are not a people who often remember such people as much as we should. But today in this service, we intercede on behalf of our brothers and sisters. We ask for your protection upon them, their safety. We ask for your provision. We ask for your guidance, your discernment and wisdom. And most of all, as Pastor A has requested, we pray for their lives to be lit aflame for the glory of the gospel of Jesus Christ. By whatever means are necessary, would you use such people that all men and women and children of every race and creed and nationality and color might come to faith in Jesus. Father, we come before you and intercede on behalf of these precious saints whom the Hebrew writer says the world was not worthy of their consideration. We come before you on their behalf and ask for you protect. Thank you for these men and women who serve this great church. We pray blessings upon them and we pray blessings upon our offering this morning. May it be used for your kingdom purposes to meet the needs of even some of these folks who are across the globe, that you may receive all of the glory and the honor in Jesus' precious name. Amen. to be in the Lord's house this morning. Look at the person next to you and say, good morning. It is a good morning because we're able to see each other and be in God's presence. John chapter 5 is our study of this morning. Uh, we're looking at preparing the way as a church and congregation uh, to move in a place of intimacy uh, with the Lord Jesus Christ. There are a number of books and resources to help us to do that. And as we move in that direction, we pray God's blessings in our every endeavor. John chapter 5, beginning at verse 1 and following. Here is the word of God. After this, there was a feast of the Jews, and Jesus went up to Jerusalem. Now there is at Jerusalem by the sheep market a pool, which is called in the Hebrew tongue Bethesda, having five porches. In these lay a great multitude of impotent folk, of blind, halt, withered, waiting for the moving of the water. For an angel went down at a certain season into the pool and troubled the water. Whosoever then first after the troubling of the water stepped 
in was made whole of whatever disease he had. A certain man was there which had an infirmity 30 and 8 years. When Jesus saw him lie, he knew that he had been now a long time in that case. He saith unto him, Would thou be made whole? The impotent man answered him, Sir, I have no man when the water is troubled to put me into the pool, but while I was am coming, another steppeth down before me. Jesus saith unto him, Rise, take up thy bed, and walk. And immediately the man was made whole and took up his bed and walked. And on the same day was the Sabbath. The Jews therefore said unto him that was cured, it is the Sabbath day. It is not lawful for thee to carry thy bed. He answered them, He had made me whole. The same said unto me, Take up thy bed and walk. Then asked they him, What man is that which said unto thee, Take up thy bed and walk? And he that was healed wist not who it was, for Jesus had conveyed himself away, a multitude being in that place. Afterwards, Jesus findeth him in the temple, and saith unto him, Behold, thou art made whole. Sin no more, lest a worse thing come unto thee. The man departed and told the Jews that it was Jesus which had made him Oh, would you stand for the reading of the emphasis of the scriptures to which we extract our text uh, this morning, beginning at verse 6 and chapter 5 to verse 9, beloved. The Bible says, when Jesus saw him lie, he knew that he had been now a long time in that case. He said unto him, with thou be made Oh, the impotent man answered him, Sir, I have no man when the water is troubled to put me into the pool, but while I am coming, another steppeth down before me. Jesus saith unto him, Rise, take up thy bed, and walk. And immediately the man was made whole and took up his bed and walked. Repeat these words with me, beloved. Here's our subject matter. With thou, if we get it really good, we'll be here all day. I can preach all night. 
I have preached so long as an African-American, the congregation turned African-American. Amen. Once again, with thou be made whole. Just say yes. 40 days of yes. Moving from a test to a testimony. Do the right thing and just say yes. 40 days of yes. Father, we thank you that today we will practice, Father, what it means to say yes to the Lord Jesus Christ. Yes to your will. Yes to your way. Yes to your direction. Whatever it is, Lord, we have declared this day and for 40 days as we launch out, Father, on next week, the 22nd, we will be saying yes to whatever you want us to do. We are the cornerstone Baptist church. We are the believers. We are the followers of the Lord Jesus Christ. And we come before you today recognizing that to say yes to you means that you will open the windows of heaven and pour us out a blessing that we will not be able to receive. So Father, today we say yes. Do as you please. In the precious name of the Son who gave his life at Calvary, the Lord Jesus Christ, we pray these things in his name and only his name, for Christ's sake. And every heart said amen. Amen, amen a second time. Amen. amen just one more time. Amen. One for the Father. Amen. One for his Son. Amen. And one for his precious Holy Spirit. You may be seated. God bless you, beloved. Everybody say it once again. Just say yes. Just say yes. Just say yes. 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 40 days of yes. All right. Let's have fun for God today. Amen. So, beloved, what does it mean to be made whole? What does it mean when God comes along in our lives and he does this incredible work in our life to, to help us to understand that, that there is a distinctive nature that Christ moves in us. He, he takes us out of the mangled mess that we're in and he embeds within us a movement of his presence to help us to understand that God is at work in our lives. What does it mean to be made whole? I'm glad you asked me that question. There are two dynamic and distinctive elements that are always necessary in making men and women whole unto Christ. And these two elements, they're always working simultaneously. They're working in our hearts. They're, they're working in our spirit. They're working in our minds. They're working God's plan in our lives to help us to understand that God is up to something in our lives. Hallelujah. That first element is divine intervention. Divine intervention. It, it is when God shows up. When God reveals himself, he, he comes in a powerful, definitive way in the divine nature of his character. He, he begins to pour his character within us to make us a people unto himself. Divine intervention. Then there is personal 
responsibility. There is our responsibility to hear what God says and to do what God tells us to do and to act according to God's direction and to be what God wants to be and to live the way God wants to live and to act and to carry out whatever God would have us to do. Right there, my mama would have shouted back in the choir loft at, at St. John Missionary Baptist Church and flipped her wig. Amen. It is impossible to be a church of the Lord Jesus Christ without divine intervention. It is impossible to be the church of the Lord Jesus Christ without the engagement of personal responsibility. So it takes both God and man working together. In other words, beloved, it's all of God and every ounce of humanity. A church that called out community, the ekaleo, the called out assembly, that church will not experience the power and presence of God, it will not grow spiritually, it may grow numerically, but the spiritual depth of the church is predicated on our relationship with the Lord Jesus Christ. And beloved, when we are related to Christ, there's a relationship that we have with each other. We, we begin to love each other, to understand each other. We understand that there's neither black, nor white, nor red, nor green, nor purple. We're all God's people together for the glory and honor of the Lord Jesus Christ. You see, beloved, I don't know what's wrong with Antifa. I have no idea what's wrong with Black Lives Matter. But I stopped by this morning to tell us today in Sedalia at Cornerstone Baptist Church, Jesus Christ matters more than anything else. These two dynamic and distinctive elements are literally non-negotiable. It's like my mama, Gladys Louise Ruth Agnes Taylor Loggins, the professional whipologist. You cannot negotiate with God. They're non-negotiable, and they are divine intervention and our personal responsibility that causes us, get this now, to abide in the presence of God. You see, beloved, when, you, when you're spending time with God, and God is spending time with you, when God is working on the insides of you, he's working on your inner character, it just make you a far better husband to tell your wife, you can have all of my American Express cards and enjoy shopping to you drive. The brothers are going to get me this morning. But what is the essence of the biblical principles that are associated with divine intervention? It is God 
in three persons. It is God as Father, God as Son, and God as Holy Spirit. In other words, when God invades our hearts, our space, he comes in three persons. He comes as Father who loves us just the way we are. He is a loving Father. He is a compassionate Father. He looks beyond our faults and he sees our needs. Hallelujah. He comes as Son. He comes as the one who was crucified at Calvary, buried in the bar tomb, risen to new life. He comes as Father and Son, but he doesn't stop there. He comes as the Holy Ghost. Oops, I said the wrong word. I'm, I'm a Baptist. I, I shouldn't have said Holy Ghost. Somebody going to call the Missouri Baptist Convention. They're going to say, well, Pastor Long was preaching, and he said Holy Ghost. Let me, let me say it correctly. Holy Ghost, it is the, the presence of the Spirit that dwells in us, that releases us to be what God would have us to be. I contend today. If we had more Holy Ghost-filled folks in our churches, there will be more power and authority in the presence of the worshiping encounter with the Lord God Almighty. But I contend today, beloved, that there's some folks who have the Holy, but they ain't got no ghost. We call them very spiritual. They're very spiritual, very religious. And then there's some folks who have the ghost, but they ain't got no holy. We call them spooky. You got to have the holy, hallelujah, and the ghost. You got to have all of it, the whole package. You got to have God the Father, God the Son, God the Holy Ghost working in your life, let loose in your life, and causing you to turn your life right side up. That's what it's all about. Then it takes personal Responsibility, man. Now, there are four specific enunciated manifestations of man and his humanity. Let's unpack that. There's body, soul, mind, and spirit. How God makes us. You see, beloved, as body... We are to present our bodies to God. Jot this down. Romans 12, 1 and 2. Paul says, I beseech you, therefore, brothers, by the mercies of God, that you present your bodies a living sacrifice, holy and acceptable unto God, which is your reasonable service. And be not conformed to the patterns of this world, but be ye transformed by the renewing of your logitos, your logical, intellectual thinking. And so, we must stop practicing sin resulting in the death of our soul. Jot down Ezekiel 18.20a. The Bible says, the soul that sinneth shall die. Ezekiel didn't say he may die. 
but he shall die. That, that, that death is separation from God. It's when we step away from God, God steps back from us. And the only way we can be what God will want us to be, we've got to recognize to deal with our personal sin. Then there is the mind. We must stop practicing sin. Then the mind. We must lose our minds. Look at somebody next to you and say, you know, it's time for you to lose your mind. And most wives sitting next to their husband, they already knew their husband had a mind to begin with. So they didn't have anything to lose to start with. Them. But, but see, that's all right. Brother, y'all going to love me a whole lot. Amen. You got to lose your mind. You got you to stop minding your own business and start doing the business of God. You got to stop doing what you want to do and let God do through you what he wants to do in your life. You got to start telling God what you're going to do as opposed to doing what God would tell you to do. You got to stop telling God who you are and be who God will make you to be. You got to lose your mind. I'm going to get excited in a few minutes. I, I'm, not, I'm, not, I'm not even hot yet. My chocolate has not started flowing yet. We're going to have some chocolate and white swirl. It's going to be good. It's going to be good. Paul says in Philippians 2, verse 5, Get this down. Through 11, he says, let this mind be in you, which was also in Christ Jesus, who being in the form of God, thought it not robbery to be equal with God, but made himself of no reputation, took uh, on him uh, the form of a servant, and was made in the likeness of men, and being found in the fashion as a man, he humbled himself. He humbled himself and became obedient uh, to death, even to death on the cross. Wherefore God also exalted him and gave him the name above every other name, that at the name of Jesus every knee should bow on the things in heaven and in earth and, every, and things under the earth and that every tongue should confess that Jesus Christ is Lord for the glory of God the Father. In other words, God will not make you worship him. I like the verb there. It's a being verb. He said should. That means you can if you want to and you don't if you don't want to. But when you get, when God invades your space and you learn how to say yes, just say, just say, let's turn up, just say, let's, let's crack those windows, just say, the windows are still not cracking, we're going to crack them, just say, we're getting close, we're not quite them hard of hearing, just say, when we really say yes to God. We have lost our minds, and now we have the mind of Christ. So there's body, soul, mind, and then there is the Spirit of God. We must seek the Lord to be filled with the Spirit of the living God. You see, God wants to he wants to pour himself into us. He wants to top us off with his spirit in us. He, he wants to fill us up so much so that when people meet us, people see us, they look at us and say, you know something? You're just full. 
if he wants to fill us up so much that we just sort of run over and overflow, fill my cup, Lord, let it overflow. He wants to overflow in my life. We're just full of it. We just say, I'm full of it. But the question is, what are you full of? Are, are you full of yourself? I, I wouldn't want to ask my wife, what am I full of? She's not here, praise God. Somebody thank the Lord that Cassandra's not here, praise God. Because I know that sometimes we, we brothers, we just get full of it. But I'm not talking about full of it. I'm talking about being full of him. He is on the throne of your life, and he is doing a brand new work in your life, and you just can't keep it to yourself. Yeah. Somebody say Yes. All right. So there are two dynamic and distinctive elements that are literally non-negotiable when it comes to being made whole and holy unto Christ. There is divine intervention and there is, get this now, personal responsibility. Watch this. God and man working together. Isn't that awesome? That's why Christ said it's like Christ and the church. He, he has this bride called the church, and there is a unity of the church and Christ. He is the one who is wedded to the church, and it takes us to emulate that, both God and man. Working together. Just say yes. That's a sad yes. Just say yes. Oh, you're getting close. You're not quite there yet. So would thou be made whole? Say yes. Just say yes. Four days of yes. Just say yes. Moving from a test to a testament to do the right thing. Just say yes. Just say yes. Forty days of yes. Beloved, in our story, the apostle John, the gospel writer records an encounter that Jesus has with a man at the pool of Bethesda, possibly during one of the three Jewish pilgrim feasts. The three feasts of the Jews were the feast of Passover, the feast of Pentecost, and the feast of Tabernacle. The Bible says that the lame man had been at the pool for a mighty long time, waiting for his healing, waiting for the uh, working of God in his life, waiting and wishing that something would happen in his life. This was the importance of his personal responsibility, his human effort. In John 5, 1 through 6, let's unpack that. After this, there was a feast of the Jews, and Jesus went up to Jerusalem. Now they're in Jerusalem by the pool market, at pool, pool by the sheep market, a pool which is called in the Hebrew tongue Bethesda. Having five porches, in these laid a great multitude of impotent folk, of blind, halt, withered, waiting for the moving of the water. For an angel went down at a certain season into the pool and troubled the water. Whoever then first after uh, the troubling of the water stepped in, in was made whole and whatever disease he had. And a certain man, 
a certain man, beloved, a certain man. Say, I am that man. Say, yes, I am that man. A certain man was there which had an infirmity of 38 years. When Jesus saw him lie, he knew that he had been now a long time in that case and said unto him, With thou be made whole. Beloved, it's amazing when God shows up and meets us right where we are. It's amazing when, when God shows up and, and he walks into our life in such an incredible way that we can actually see the presence of his power at work in our life. You see, beloved, until we say yes to the Lord, then we have said no to God's ability to move us from brokenness to blessing, to move us from hurt to help, to move us from loss to being saved, to move us from struggle to strength, to move us from where we are to where God would have us to be. I want to ask you a question this morning. Are you ready to move to a new house? Come on, somebody say yes. Are you ready to move to a new house yes. where God can do new work in your life that never have been done before? Are you ready to do whatever God would have you to do? Hallelujah. Are you ready for that? Just say yes. yes. You see, beloved, as the story unpacks in verse 7, sir, the invalid replied, I have no one to help me into the pool. Right there, he takes his eyes off of Christ and he places his eyes on himself. That I have no other person, I have no one that's going to help me in the condition that I'm in. You see, beloved, when God is at work in your life, it doesn't take anybody else but God to help you do what God would have you to do. It's not somebody else plus God. It is God all by himself. He doesn't need anyone else to help him, to help you, to get you where he wants you to be. And all he wants you to do is simply say, yes, Lord. Yes to your will, huh? Yes to your way, huh? Yes to your instruction, huh? Yes to whatever you want me to do. I will do whatever you call me to do. Beloved, the Bible says the thing that was inhibiting him from being able to say yes was sin. Sin. That word, beloved, where thou be made whole is the word whole, the word hygienase. We get the word hygiene. The word hygiene literally is a transliteration of the word that implies a stench. This man was stinking. He was stinking. Don't look at the person next to you. I saw somebody look at somebody, they turned their nose away from him. Don't do that again. 
You see, beloved, sin stinks in the nostrils of God. Sin separates us from the love of God. Sin uh, uh, causes us to be stagnated. Sin causes us to be isolated. Sin causes us to miss the blessings and the benefits and the privilege to agree with God. Psalm 69, 5 says, Oh God, you know my foolishness and my sins are not hid from you. Proverbs 28, 13 says, He that covers his sin shall not prosper, but whoever confesses and forsakes them shall have mercy. Luke 13, 3, the Bible says, I tell you, no, but except you repent, you shall not, and likewise you shall perish. In Romans 3.23, for all have sinned and come short of the glory of God. In Romans 6 verse 10, the Bible says, for in that he died, he died to sin once, but in, in that he lives, he lives to God. Ephesians 4.22 says that you put off uh, concerning uh, the former uh, con con conversation of the old man, which is corrupt according to the deceitful lust. In Colossians 3, verse 5, Paul says, Put to death, therefore, whatever belongs to your earthly nature, sexual immorality, impurity, lust, evil desires, and greed, uh, which is adultery. Colossians 3, verse 6 says, For which things uh, sakes the wrath of God comes on the children of disobedience. And James 4, 17 says, Therefore, to him that knows to do good and does it not, to him it is sin. And in 1 John 1, 9, if you confess your sins, he is faithful and just. Watch this now. To forgive you of all your sins and to cleanse you from all unrighteousness. Just say Oh, man, it's amazing when we agree with God. You see, beloved, Jesus came to this impotent man, and he healed him. He healed him physically. And after he healed him physically, he went out and began to publish to others that he had met this person to whom he did not know his name, and he had healed him. Can you imagine that Christ had healed him and he didn't even know his name? But he was testifying about what Jesus had done in his life. Has Christ done something special in your life? Just say yes. yes. Has Christ saved your soul from sin? Just say yes. yes. Has Christ placed you on a sweet call straight? Just say yes. yes. Has Christ literally lifted you from addictions and issues and concerns and sins in your life and has eradicated those sins in your life and made you into a better person? Just say yes. Yes. Has Christ given you the greatest wife on this planet, brother? Just say yes. Yes. And sisters, have the Lord given you the best husband you can ever possibly think you had? Just say yes. Yes. That was a mighty soft yes. 
Jesus comes back a final time. And Jesus addresses him in a new way. Look at verse 10. The Jews, therefore, said unto him that was cured, it is the Sabbath day. It is not lawful for thee to carry thy bed. He answered them, he that made me whole, the same said unto me, take up thy bed and walk. Then asked they him, the man that what man is that which said unto thee, take up thy bed and walk? And he that was healed wist not who it was, for Jesus had conveyed himself away, a multitude being in that place. Afterwards, Jesus findeth him uh, in the temple and said unto him, Behold, thou art made whole. Get this now. Don't miss, don't miss this now. Thou art made whole. Jesus had healed him physically. But watch this now. Behold, thou art made whole physically. Sin no more, lest a worse thing Come unto thee. The journey to wholeness and holiness is about physical healing. It's about the healing of our physical body, the healing of our mind, the healing of our finances, the healing of broken relationships in our families, the healing about those things that it requires God to intervene to bring them to completion so that we may be capable and able to be in agreement with God by simply saying, yes, Lord, whatever you want me to do. That's the physical. The spiritual aspect, the journey to wholeness, physical, hygienous, clean, made holy, God will clean us up from the top to the bottom. He'll clean us up. He'll clean us up, make us physically complete. But there's one other component that Jesus circled back around and met this man when he met Jesus the second time. And Jesus said to him, you have been made whole physically, but stop sinning or something worse will happen to you. Jesus said, stop practicing disobedience. Stop living outside of the will of God. Stop being your own person. Stop doing your own thing. Stop living according to your own will. Stop being the person who runs your own life. Stop trying to do things in your own strength, in your own life, in your own ability. Stop trying to do things to please what you want to do for yourself and begin to practice to do the things that really matter to God. Get your life, your internal life, not just your physical life, but get your total spiritual life in check with God and watch God do an incredible supernatural thing in your life. The journey to wholeness physically 
and holiness. Spiritual. There are things that God wants to do in our life that God will never do until, watch this now, until both the outside of the vessel and the inside of the vessel, our souls, have been brought to wholeness and holiness unto Christ. God has sent us his divine intervention. The question that lays at our feet this morning is are you willing to step out on a new path and watch God do supernatural things in your life. Several years ago, I got to a place in my ministry I'd never been before. And God led me to take the little book, The Journey to Holiness and Holiness, that I have written. That I go all across the country teaching it to everybody else. And God brought me to a place I've never been before. He brought me to a desperate place. When I got to that desperate place, when I got to a place where my wife, who was ill for 20 years, she's now completely healed and made whole after 20 years of prayer. My son is doing super stupid. My other son had done professional stupid. And I went to the Lord and I began to seek the face of God. And I was in a place where I had more month than money. I had more pressure than the treasures of God. And I needed God to do something for me. And God said to me, that book that you wrote, I want you to go into it and I want you to pray and fast for 40 days and spend time with me. I engaged in a Daniel's fast, not trying to lose weight, but as I spent time with God in a Daniel's fast, going before God, asking God to help me to deal with these issues. The, the first problem I had, I wanted God to provide the resources to help me with my ministry. And God told me that I was focused on him for the wrong reason. I had my focus on what I wanted and not what I needed. And when God began to show me, it took me 38 days in a book that I wrote to get right with God in the book that I thought. And on the 38th day, God showed to me, on day 38, God said this to me, if you stop reaching for my hand, I will give you my heart. If you stop reaching for my hand, I'll give you all of me. And at that day, something broke in my life. God began to move in incredible ways, and I'm here today to tell you that after spending all that time with God and continuing to do it today, persistently every day, to spend an hour to two hours with God every day, knowing that he is the source of my strength, knowing that he can take care of my, my finances, my faith, whatever my needs are, God is big enough to handle that. I really got serious with God and stopped teaching other people how to get serious with God. And I got serious with God myself and God began to open the windows of heaven and begin to pour out blessings that I can't even begin to explain. So my question to you this morning is this. Are you 
ready to watch God do something for your marriage, do something for your children, do something in your finances, do something in your faith, do something on your job? Are you ready to see God pour out his blessings upon you that you would not have room to contain? One of my greatest blessings, beloved, in our land of plenty, my oldest son gave me a call. Said, Dad, I want you to know how much I appreciate you for spanking me. I want to send you a tithe of my bonus, which is almost $4,000. A tithe of his bonus. I said, send me the bonus of the tithe. And God began to pour more and more and more and more and more. It requires two things. Divine intervention and personal responsibility. If you're sick and tired of being sick and tired, you're fed up with being fed up, you're in a good place. Every head bowed. The Lord Jesus Christ gave his life at Calvary that we may have life and have it more abundantly to help us to get on the path of a new journey. It is my prayer today that God will equip every person in our church to step on that path. And as we come back this evening, we'll talk about my experience of what God did in my life to place me on a street called Straight and to watch God do supernatural things. Father, today, there may be one today who do not know you. They have no idea what it means to receive Jesus Christ as their Lord and Savior. Father, today, would you speak to their hearts? Would you touch them deeply? Would you help them to know that you love them and bring them to that place that is of the end of themselves so they can be like the man at the pool of Bethesda, 38 years of suffering, and say to God, I'm ready for change in my life. Do it right now, Father. Do it now. Divine intervention. Move into my personal responsibility to say, yes, Lord. Yes. 40 days of yes to whatever you want in my life. In Jesus' name, amen. Would you stand, please?